0: In four weeks, the typical new user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Mischief Makers, your one-stop shop for all things mischief. Join your host, Dave Hearn, as he finds out what makes
1: mischief, well, mischief.
2: Hello, and welcome to another episode of Mischief Makers. I am Charlie Russell, I am not Dave Hearn, and today I have the honor and pleasure of interviewing the freakishly talented Matt Cavendish, otherwise known as The Dish. Hello, Matt.
3: <laughs> Good afternoon. I thought you were going to introduce me as Adele Dazeem then. The wickedly <laughs> talented Adele Dazeem. <laughs> this
2: has already got off to a really bad start. Uh, no, Matthew Cavendish, Matt Turner, Dish. You you go by many names. Any number of
3: aliases. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was fudge growing up. <laughs> Uh, Turntable, oh, yeah. Turnstiles, The Dish, Dishy, Cavendish. Yeah, all of them. All Matty. of them. Matt. S-
2: Matty, mm. Matt. Matty, oh. Matt. So, for those of uh, the listeners that don't know, this is a podcast for people to get to know the members of Mischief and just generally find out interesting things about some very interesting people. Uh, so, Matt, the first section of this interview interview is called the Getting to Know You section. Um, Dave has already explained recently that after a... After all these many, many episodes of this podcast we've done, we're still yet to figure out how to add jingles. So I will be asking you to improvise a little jingle for us uh, for the getting to know you section. It's um, it's becoming quite a thing now on the Mischief Makers podcast. So can you do that?
3: I'll do my very best.
2: All right. Right well, now. You know.
3: You're
2: going to yeah, count me yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, Go. You're going to set the tempo. Okay, a
3: one, a two, a one, two, three, four. I'm wearing a shoe, sitting on the loo, and you are getting to know you. I'm getting to know, getting to know, I'm getting to know you. What I did there was muddle up getting to know me and getting to know you. Um, that was extraordinary. Professional was... improviser of songs. <laughs>
2: That is like one of your actual jobs that you get paid to do. Please don't, Adam
3: Macido, hear that.
2: <laughs> I'm sending it to him personally. <laughs> um, no, you aren't. You, that was very good. Mine was dreadful when I did it. I, went I did very three
3: low. ooh rhymes though, which was astonishing when put on the well, spot. There you go. Shoe, exactly. blue, and you. Indeed. I can't think <laughs> so, of any more. Pooh. Two. Coup, political coup. That's a tricky one to Ooh, fit into a jingle, though, no. isn't it? Political no, it coup, doesn't. I'm getting to know you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, moving
2: on from the jingle, otherwise it's going to be a spew.
3: No, it's great. Now I'm going. <laughs> Doing a spew. <laughs> uh,
2: no, shush. We're going to Waterloo. No. Um, Sorry. Yeah, yeah, you're away. Right. No, 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 no. Uh, so I was particularly excited to interview you, Matt. Mm. Um, in fact, I, I, pre- I pretty much begged Dave to let me do it. Um <laughs> we, for uh, weeks. <laughs> yeah, he was like, no, Charlie, you're rubbish. And I was like, oh, please, <laughs> David. Um, but we first met, you and I first met in, what is it, August 2009? The open Two, day yes, before we started. Yes, correct. We started the three-year course at Lambda that September. Yeah. And so I think that means we've known each other for about 11 years.
3: I know, that is mad, isn't it? That's My crazy. Goodness. Yeah, and you were the very first person with whom I struck up a rapport on that day. Um Aww. I, I yeah, do remember I really... that, standing and just sort of commenting on the other people walking around the, what was it, E5, a big room where we we're all, they put you all together in a big room and they sort of give you some nibbles and they expect you to sort of get to know each other. And I think we oh. just stood at the side of the room commenting on other people. <laughs>
2: That is exactly what we did. I remember it I remember it vividly. I've actually written mm. down. I uh, I was so excited. I think I clung to you for like the whole day. I was, oh, it was mutual. Like, oh, this guy, this guy, he's yeah. he's like normal and a bit like me and and he's not as scary as everyone else, quite, and I'm well, just quite, gonna be his friend.
3: Quite a broad uh concept of normality, if you're well, I obviously a normal person. I didn't know all
2: that
3: include, I know about now. It well quite. Gives people an idea of how abnormal the world of drama school is. Um, yeah, yeah, like
2: you and I are bland.
3: Yeah, incredibly <laughs> bland. Well, I was certain that I I was there as as a result of an administrative error.
2: Oh, yeah, uh, me too. I didn't too.
3: think there was any way that I'd, you know, I was accepted from an audition. Oh god. No, and I, I still know. don't. I still think it's probably an administrative error.
2: <laughs> I think they do too, but they're just too embarrassed. Her,
3: it's too late now.
2: <laughs> but I obviously therefore know quite a bit about you, but the uh, listeners probably won't. So mm. just tell us a little bit about you. Where did you grow up? Where you went to school? How did you uh, find school? That kind of stuff.
3: I, yeah, I enjoyed, I enjoyed school. I enjoyed, I was sort of one of those people who just sort of had a, had a bit of a go at everything. Um, I grew up in Suffolk, um, a little village called Thurston, just outside of Bury St Edmunds. Uh, where I now find myself again, thanks to <gasps> the pandemic. I'm back <sighs> with my parents. Nice. Living dream, in their cupboard doing podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so I was in Suffolk, uh, did lots of sport, lots of performing arts stuff, had a generally pretty nice time, really. Can't mm. can't complain. And um, at what
2: point did you, like, get into acting? Did When did you know you wanted to do it?
3: for a long time i mean my my dad's a drama teacher he's head of drama at my oh, secondary yeah. school can you imagine well not actually my secondary school because in east anglia we had a three tier school system for a long time oh um, yeah it's now just changed so actually at upper school from year 9 mm. to year 13 um yeah and he got me i was sort of jump, jumped out of a basket in a in a some sort of christmas show that they'd put on when i was about 5 and for whatever mm. reason at that point decided that was the career for me um, <laughs> and really it's been one of the, o- the only things in my life that I've ever been like absolutely certain of was that uh, that's the job I wanted to do um, and there's you know it's quite nice when you know that it's a big part of your life.
2: Yeah I mean you're also an excellent dancer and singer like what, so was it the acting that came first and then you like brought the other two in to kind of complement mm. it?
3: Yeah I don't know I did yeah I did acting and stuff and then I think with the dance, my mum's friend had a son who was going to, this was when we were about six, who was going to take up dance. And she said, oh, do you want to do it? And I, you know, I went, yes, and that. Always have been. Mm. Always will be. Uh, wow. And just was like, yeah, okay, I'll have, that. I'll have a go at that. And then once I started things, I, uh, I found it very difficult to quit, even if I didn't really enjoy them. So <laughs> um, I, sp- I, I carried on dancing extracurricular and in school until I left school, so... Um, and I also, because because I always knew I wanted to be an actor, um, mm. it, the the sort of advice was, well, that would be a handy thing to be good at, um, and the singing as well. I just, you know, I was very taken by various musical theatre scores as a young kid. So, Grease and Oliver were the big ones. Oh yes, they knew all the words. Um, Absolute and so, bangers. You know, having singing lessons seemed like the natural next step. Mm. Um, so
2: why didn't you do uh, musical theatre were you gonna
3: I was gonna yeah I only I'd sort of I had a really busy last year of school um, and hadn't necessarily decided I uh, hadn't done any you know particular in-depth research as to where I wanted to go and study so I only auditioned for three drama schools I auditioned for Lambda Guildhall and and The Royal Scottish Academy, because um, mm. they had what looked like a good musical theatre course and it was part of an mm. acting conservatoire. So I sort of knew that if I could do straight acting or something affiliated with that, that would be useful. Mm. Um, so I got offered them and I was ready to go to do musical theatre at the Royal Scottish Academy, which now has a different title, I think. Um, mm. And then got an offer from Lambda, which I thought I couldn't really pass up. Um, so ended up doing that, but yeah, I would have happily, I would have happily gone into musical theatre. I mean, as it is, I've ended up doing bits of of acting and musical theatre anyway. So um, yeah,
2: you have a really, really yeah. varied career, don't you?
3: Jack of all trades, <laughs> I would say.
2: <laughs> <laughs> when you, um, I'm really personally very glad that you decided to go to Lambda because I don't know mm. what I would have done without you. Uh, I think I used to describe you as my oxygen in the first year when everything was like so crazy. I'd be like, well, just Go and talk to Matt and get Aww. like. Oh, well, that, we like, lived normal. together, you see. We did. We did live together for a year. We were often in the same group in the same half. Yeah, and all that we
3: weren't
2: we? Yeah, always together. think' uh, thieves. thieves. Also, I was. You remember? Uh, oh, do you remember Callum? You know Callum, <laughs> the, <laughs> the man you live with, uh, no, yeah, have i have lived with for many years. <laughs> yeah. um, we worked out we were always in the same group until the final year. Like every single term, every single. Like class, we were in and the so same maybe group he
3: together. Usurped me as oxygen. Oh, first, yeah.
2: <laughs> you're both my oxygen, yeah. boys. Just <laughs> both oxygen. But um, you were 18 when you started, which is pretty mm-hmm. impressive. Um, how did you find Lambda? Like, did it work for you? Did you learn something? Did you learn what not to do? Do you think it changed you as a person?
3: Uh, I think it can't not really. If you're you know spending three years from 18 to 21, you're going to change as a person anyway and I definitely grew in confidence I didn't you know I've always been someone who sort of just takes tries to take things in their stride Um, I mean I had no idea what I was letting myself in for really when we turned up in that first term and I hadn't done much straight acting not proper acting and I didn't really consider myself to be sort of an actor's actor you know I was more a a jester really or like just a performer (laughs) Um, so to turn up and be doing like method style improvisations where you're meant to scream and shout and cry and throw things across the room was (laughs) (laughs) not my comfort zone um but I wasn't you know there were some people in the year who were like oh this is terrible I'm gonna quit it's not what you know I I didn't reach Mm. a low point like that I sort of just barreled through because that's what you do Mm. um yeah and then once we got into the second year I think that's I really sort of started to feel more comfortable by that point and then, yeah, as an environment, I think it's it's no surprise that Mischief was uh, started there, given that the sort of ethos of the place is to is to promote sort of ethics of an ensemble and the advantages of being a good team player. And that's all stuff that, you know, I enjoy. I love team sports. I love being a part of a team. That is as mm. enjoyable for me as doing the shows. Is just being part of a sort of community of people. Yeah. So but you weren't yeah. actually
2: in Mischief then were you? You were watching me <laughs> go off and do it.
3: I was creeping around London watching Mischief in various small fringe venues like the Canal Cafe. Okay. Uh, yeah, because <laughs> because uh that's you know it was it was a nice thing to do and it was a nice way to spend your Sunday evening. There was no pressure on me to do any performing. I'd turn up, <laughs> sit and watch.
2: Great. I'm always very grateful you often doubled the amount of people in the audience. When you turn up. Um, but you, so that means that like you started working with us a couple of years ago um, and you've worked with us a lot, but it also means you've done loads of shows that are not mischief shows. So, what would you say is the greatest lesson you've learned from doing a show that isn't a mischief show?
3: Ooh, uh That is a good question. I would say part of it falls into the context of the mischief stuff, which is like one of the biggest lessons I think of the last sort of few years of career stuff, which is having amazing highs, particularly with mischief of, you know, going doing West End stuff and Broadway stuff. And then coming back and being in smaller scale shows and remembering that they're no less important and the audiences mm-hmm. aren't any less important. And uh it sometimes it's quite hard, I think, as Oh it's quite hard as an actor. Uh, I don't mean like mm-hmm. it's not a uh, woe is me. But <laughs> it, th- to level the fact that there isn't really a career trajectory, like you can have a you can have a year where you're doing really big commercial shows, and you can have a year where you're struggling to get bits of work, and the work you do get is on a smaller scale. Um, mm-hmm. and and that isn't to do with momentum particularly, or or um trajectory. It's just to, that's just the career you're going to have big years and you're going to have small years. Um, and getting finding as much joy in the jobs that aren't big commercial jobs is. Uh, as important as as enjoying the the big jobs
2: yeah because it's such a crazy like job to do anyway you you can't do it if you don't enjoy it and actually being realistic about what you're gonna expect uh makes the whole thing more enjoyable doesn't it um but you've you've also obviously done a lot of shows for us you've been in Peter Pan Goes Wrong the play that goes wrong you've done Mischief Movie Night you were in Bank Robbery um have I missed any of them out yet
3: no, I think you've no, I think you've awesome. ticked them. Yeah, you came
2: to Broadway with us with the play that goes wrong, and mm-hmm. you understudied for that. So, how and you've understudied for us before. How do you find understudying, and do you have any tips for anyone who's taking on an understudy role?
3: Ooh, good question. Um, how do I find it? I think I had a really sort of unique. I think my understudying for mischief is a unique job um, for a number of reasons. The show's unique, but also because you get a lot of stage time. Um, because if you're on a long oh, yeah. contract, people have holidays. So the parts you're covering, you get on for them. Um, but certainly it might've changed now, but the contracts I was on, I was covering a lot of parts. Um, mm. and people pick up knocks and stuff, you know, there's touch wood and no one gets really seriously injured, but their physical shows, and people tend to, you know, and, and also vocally, they're really athletic vocally. So mm. there are going to be times where you can't do shows if you're ill. So as an understudy, I was on a lot. That's not yeah, necessarily, so yeah, that's not necessarily the experience of, you know, if you're doing a straight play, you might not get on at all. Mm. Um. So, so that's, I'm aware that that is slightly unique, but I would say it's a brilliant thing for anyone to, if you ever get the opportunity to do it it will mm. give you sort of a newfound respect for uh the job um and the only sort of tip i would have is to just work really hard make sure you've done your homework you know your lines you know where you're going and mm. then try not to lose your mind when you have to go on at the drop of a hat and just sort of surrender to the idea that you're in you're in other people's hands and you know what you're doing and and don't try and overanalyse it
2: or if you're matt cavanish Use the opportunity to try and make everybody else
3: laugh on stage. That is not true. <laughs> I'm, it is I'm very true. professional.
2: You yeah. are the worst person because <laughs> you you make me laugh and then you start <laughs> laughing and then we're both just <laughs> laughing and nobody
3: understands. Well, yeah, that would be the thing. If I was able to control myself and make other people laugh, that you sort of go, all right. Well, at least he's professional. But I, as soon as someone else smirks. Uh, it's very <laughs> difficult for me to keep a straight face. No, I'm um, the worst, yeah. yeah. I, I that was bad, that. yeah. that. I mean, but I think it maybe it's something to do with making myself feel like I'm not, like I'm relaxed. If you're, if I, maybe I'm just trying to give myself an excuse. No, uh, no, no. But no, it certainly is an understudy going like... on for the first time. If you're sort of having a bit of mischief, then, and you're just messing around with your mates, it suddenly doesn't feel like you're on a Broadway stage in front of a thousand people who have paid $150 for a ticket. Um, Goodness, uh, yeah, yeah. Without what you know, without derailing the show, that's never, never my intention.
2: No, sure, sure. <laughs> so work uh, again, please. Uh, other things about you, you are a very musical man, as we mentioned. You're a singer, mm. but you're also a pianist, and you play the saxophone. Is that right?
3: Are you in that a very, in a very broad sense? Uh, yeah, I play pia- Yeah, I play a bit of piano. I'm not a brilliant sight reader but I can sort of hammer away at some chords um and saxophone I did play at school but if my old big band well now one of my best mates uh but then was sort of 25 year old uh, teacher at my secondary school he used to run the big band and I'd mm. sort of been playing saxophone for a few years and he knew that I couldn't really do a solo because I wasn't good enough but if he asked me to, I would just stand up and try and sell it. Uh, and so he'd uh, always, in any school concert, he'd always get me up to do a solo. Uh, and between us, we coined the phrase one note solo because I'd just stand up and blast out one note like, like if I just found the right key. Um, <laughs> and he said he found it one of the funniest things. But it's tr- it's truly, you know, it is. A real case of if you if you really sell it, it's amazing what you can get away with. That should be that should be on my gravestone. That's sh- that's like my career in a nutshell. If you oh yeah, give you, you sell it. If you give it everything, hopefully people won't notice that you don't know what you're doing.
2: Well, that leads me on to actually talking to you about your improvising career. So you've improvised mm. with us, but you yeah. also are a fully fledged frequent cast member of a Olivier Award winning Showstopper at the Improvised Musical. Do you think that helps with performing as that? I mean, evidenced it...
3: by my jingle <laughs> that people heard earlier.
2: Yeah, mm. indeed. Like, how have you found working with Showstopper? Is it as scary now as it was when you started? It It must be incredible.
3: Yeah, it's like it's. The whole improv thing is an interesting one because i hadn't ever set out to do it and it was never like an ambition and mm. it was only really joining mischief and doing what was then night's camera improvise mm. that i got into it and so i sort of fell into it but i think like that's another thing about career wise i think you end up doing what you're sort of meant to be doing um mm. even if you don't have a particular drive to do it i think you know that just ends up happening um and so ending up in showstoppers who you know they've been going for 10 years by the time I joined and done about a thousand shows and so you turn up in those rehearsals and it's just insane you get up and you can't really do it and they're amazing um (laughs) and and I there were definitely you know especially in that first year I'd find myself going to rehearsals just thinking why am I like why am I putting myself through this um but then again it's that team thing once once you got a few shows under your belt and you're part of that amazing team and mm. you know that you're in safe hands it's such a rewarding show to do um and and people really love it and it's a you know you know what it's like with mischief movie night it's a real when when one of those shows is really rattling along and the audience are with you there's nothing quite like it and it makes almost makes scripted shows l- lose a bit of their um edge for you as a performer because you're so used yeah, yeah, to yeah. everything being different every single night
2: there's there's nothing quite like an improv show that's actually flying like that that's it's much more yeah. rare but it the feeling you get oh my god yeah you feel like an absolute rock star don't you um yeah. and I know what you mean it's the team thing you sort of know each other and you know what you're thinking about and you talked about sport earlier I mean you've for for a prancing singing tap dancing actor you <laughs> love sport uh yeah. you love all sport don't you but if is that, is that right? Like you pretty much would watch anything. Uh, yeah,
3: yeah, 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 absolutely. <laughs> I think it's. <laughs> if you had uh, to pick
2: one.
3: Oh, pff, well, it would probably have to be football. Yeah, that's, that's a boring answer, but it's very is difficult it between between cricket and football. Um they're the, they're the two. I would watch tennis. I've sort of I follow all sports, but the ones I watch the most are cricket and football. Um, but yeah, I think that you know, I think an and aptitude for sport is one of the things that kept me ring fenced from major bullying going through school <laughs> because <laughs> if you can if you're good at sport you can sort of get away with doing what you want really um so yes. you know and i maybe i'm underestimating my peers and that they wouldn't have poked fun at me being purely a musical theater singer dancer if i was bad at football but there's a part of me that suspects that might not have been the case mm. um also what you, know, you, can... well, you were i don't believe oh, yeah, for a terrible. Second.
2: Ha <laughs> ha very funny. <laughs> I
3: don't think you're as bad as you think you are, though. Oh,
2: cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Right. I just, I just pushed the being funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite football team?
3: Uh, Norwich City, of course. Of course. I mean, very... I knew that. I just
2: felt like <laughs> the audience needed to know.
3: Yeah. It's, uh... yeah, so it's been an odd couple of months not having any football to follow, uh, oh, with Norwich yeah. being on the verge of relegation in the Premier League and now we've had a stay of execution, but now it's kicking back off again on the 17th of this month. Watch oh, this space. Very
2: exciting, very exciting. It's incredibly exciting. For Absolutely. you. <laughs> Sorry. <Yes. laughs>
3: uh, I, I appreciate this may not be material that is uh, appealing to our key demographic.
2: No, I think it is because I think it's, it's really important that people know all the sort of different facets of the of mm. the company members. And actually, there'll be loads of football fans who'll think that mischief don't love football, but you and Jono and Nancy, massive and Harry. And Harry, of course, yes.
3: Mm.
2: Um, But we will move on now. So I'm going to need you to improvise another jingle for questions from the web.
3: (laughs) Questions, questions. Oh, no, sorry. Are you going to count me in again? (laughs) Oh, no, I don't want
2: that. (laughs) That was so good. It felt really sort of like son y Okay, go.
3: (laughs) How and why? How and why? Where and who? Wherefore why? How and why? Where and who? All the questions (laughs) of the web. (laughs) <laughs> Notice I didn't get a rhyme in there <laughs>
2: <laughs> would that? Can you tell us if that is akin to any sort of musical theater genre?
3: No, no, that wasn't And what is interesting is I've got these in earphones in So I can't really hear my own voice So I have no idea at what pitch any of that was coming out uh, it was That was lovely. yeah, Yeah, I don't know what that would be A sort of weird crossover of various styles None of which <laughs> okay. would be commercially successful
2: well maybe maybe it's just because nobody's tried it this is the beginning of a wonderful journey um i have some questions for you from twitter so this is how and why
3: where and who (laughs) can it be scooby-doo that's a good rhyme
2: how are you gonna get web in like
3: Mm. improvising
2: web um I can't think of. No,
3: facts. I can't because I, I don't think a pleb is acceptable, is it?
2: No, it's not. We're going. No. no, okay. Moving no. on. Moving on. I have a question <laughs> for you from Daisy Thomas from Twitter. Hi, is Daisy. there anything particularly? Hi Daisy. Is there anything <laughs> particularly interesting on your bucket list?
3: Oh, particularly interesting. That is a, quite a broad. Uh, do you? Set of parameters, do you even have it? a bucket list? <laughs> I do not have a bucket list. I'm a man who is. I, th- I think uh, my personality is quite well suited to this current pandemic, not because I think I'm in any way immune, uh, but because I'm such a bad planner. Like I have I have really very little idea of what's what to do with myself going forward. So I really just take every day as it goes and then hope that things turn up that are exciting. Um, <laughs> I would like to go to you know I would like at some point to visit more countries so I really want to go uh, to India potentially watch cricket in India that's oh, quite a yeah. big one with my friend oh, Jeremy really Jeremy Lloyd shout out to Jeremy Lloyd shout uh, out Jeremy Lloyd yeah J Lloyd uh, J Lloyd Jezza. big big cricket fan and we would love mm. to go and watch cricket in India so that's that's a big one
2: Jeremy Lloyd also another um, mischief performer uh, original cast of Comedy about a bank robbery. That's correct. Original yeah. Officer of Shark. That's right. So I have another question for you uh, mm. from Bethany at B10 underscore. Hi, Bethany. See,
3: I'm doing this like they do when they do like TV stuff. Say, like, <laughs> as though I've got a really large following of fans. You do, uh, and you'll have even hey more after this.
2: <laughs> hey Beth, how you doing? Um mm. she asks, of any play that you've performed in, which made you the most proud to be a part of? And this is a little disclaimer from me, you don't have to say a mischief show, promise.
3: Oh, well in that case, no. Um <laughs> I think it'd have to be a play that goes wrong. Um I think. Uh, it, like mm-hmm. I, there's it's very rare that you can and I that whole experience of that show, and particularly on Broadway. I think it's very rare that any. It's a rare opportunity for an actor to be able to stand on a Broadway stage with mates that he's known for ten years, um, having Mm. just performed in a show. So that that is the major highlight so far, I would say.
2: Yeah, that was pretty cool. The picture I used to um, post on the internet and ask for questions was us on our first day, I think, of the second term of Lambda, Mm -hmm. and then us on your first performance
3: on. Why did I pull? I, I think I pulled that face. On broad, on the in the broader costume to be like, oh, look how zany and wired I am for this show, <laughs> but it just looks like I've just wet my pants. Is what, And it looks it's horrendous. It's a real horrible face I'm pulling.
2: I think um, it. I think it's characterful.
3: Okay, thanks.
2: <laughs> I've got another question for you yep. from Haley Pineapple.
3: Hi, Haley. Or hey, Haley. Hey, Haley. hey, hey, Haley.
2: <laughs> if you could meet any <laughs> fictional character, who Would that be? Who would you meet?
3: Who would I meet from the world of fiction? Mm. That's interesting. I read a lot of non-fiction. I believe like Dave. Dave reads a lot of non-fiction, doesn't he?
2: Yeah, yeah, you both Um, do. I'm a very fiction-based person. Fiction-based
3: person. Who would I want to meet? Ooh. I mean the obvious one is Santa Claus isn't it give me lots of he's not fictional he is he is fic... he is non fiction ah. oh what no you've no, just shattered oh, children's God. dreams you're going the to the country? You're gonna have to edit this you're going to have to edit this i can't believe what i've just done ah Jesus. i do believe Sorry. in
2: santa i do i do i do
3: believe in santa as well mm. um Fictional character. I, I think probably the Tasmanian devil, because what a maverick. You know?
2: <laughs> I did A, how,
3: how do you do so many spins so fast? Well, yeah. you know, so many questions for him, really.
2: Yeah, yeah. a lot. I used to love You the didn't Tasmanian see that coming. Devil.
3: I didn't see that coming either.
2: No, but he was one of my favorites. He mm. really was. When I was a kid, he was my favorite. He was on
3: Pogs. Do you remember Pogs?
2: Oh, yes. Love those. Mm. Oh, so cool. Okay, so another question from at Leachy Boy.
3: Leachy, hey, yeah, Leachy underscore boy. Leachie Leach.
2: Mm-hmm. Leach. Uh, what was your first memory of making an audience laugh? Was it the basket? <laughs>
3: it was... I don't really remember much about the basket. No, I think it was a, uh, a youth theatre production of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory um, when I was about eight, in which I played Grandpa Joe typecast again. Ah. Um, always playing old men and still, even, even in my mid-twenties, still playing... <laughs> But it's still being professionally cast as old people, Uh, (laughs) which is a weird quirk. But yeah, I I remember the first night playing Grandpa Joe, getting some laughs because my my reading glasses fell off my nose. And then apparently my performance just became outrageously indulgent, according to my parents. And I'd be like trying to (laughs) shake my head to get my glasses to fall off my face. I was doing all sorts of horrendously hammy uh, ad libs. No. Um, a sign of things to come and there is a picture of me in that show pulling a pose and which is is replicated on almost every professional show I've done and when the pictures come back <laughs>
2: <laughs> we have to find that we have to find yeah. that uh, finally a question from <clears throat> this person on on twitter um Lucy Trod. Who's she Lucy she Trods?
0: asks <laughs> Lucy Trod, i
3: don't know one uh, of what the best human beings
2: learn? in the world No, I know she is, isn't she? She's Mm -hmm. incredible. Everybody follow Lucy Child right now. Um, What age did you learn to do the splits? (laughs) Do you do the splits in every show? Were you born with flexibility? (laughs) What was dancing like when you were younger?
3: (laughs) I've never been able to do the splits. Sorry, Lucy. Uh, I think it's an optical illusion because I've got such short legs. Here's more information about me. I'm five foot five, small man. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I've got small legs, it looks as though I'm more flexible than I am. And... You know, famously try and do fame leaps everywhere, which I can oh, sort yeah. of do, but not with any great deal of flexibility. Um, but they've been a good party trick, especially for Showstopper shows. Uh, Lucy is a member of Showstoppers. Mm. Um just to fill that in. Mm. And I and I think you know, especially when improvising, you've heard you've heard how the difficulty I have with improvising lyrics um during this <laughs> podcast. So if you can just end up dancing around instead of having to improvise lyrics. I found that to be an excellent way of getting through a song that you're improvising. <laughs> Tips to young improvisers out there. Don't improvise, just dance.
2: <laughs> just dance. <laughs> well, that moves us on to just your final bit of improvising. We mm-hmm. have uh, the new section is the quick fire section. So I need you to, to improvise a jingle for that. Are you ready? Okay. Mm-hmm. Three, two, one, go. Quick, do,
3: Ah! Quick! Fire! Hold! Hold your fire! This is quick, 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 quick! Fire! That became quite a military theme to that one. Yeah, it
2: really was. It was so much longer.
3: Sorry, yeah.
2: No, it was so much longer. It's not really that a jingle, expecting. less
3: a jingle, more an entire theme tune.
2: I flipping loved it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, so gosh, I've got the giggles. Right, well, that's nothing new, is it? Um, <clears throat> so the final section of this is quickfire. Can you give me? Oh no, you've given me the three second, three second quickfire jingle. That was the bit I needed to oh, tell you. That was me. meant
3: to be three seconds.
2: Sorry. <laughs> So I am going to ask you a bunch of questions, and you have mm. got to try and answer them as quickly as possible, right? Try is not it to like, think too much.
3: Does Santa Claus exist? Yes. Don't yes. get me in trouble again. And the answer mm. is yes, obviously. Mm-hmm.
2: Okay, are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready? Did yes. Did, did okay. What is your favorite color? Yellow. Is it?
3: Well, Norwich City.
2: Oh, of course, of course. Sorry, I just had you down as a mm-hmm. red man. Um, if you were an animal, what would you be? Cat. Mmm, that's so true. If you were to mm. describe yourself as a dessert, what would that be?
3: Chicken two. Mmm. Spicy. <laughs> not spicy. <laughs> it's just not caffeine. Spicy. Lots of it's energy. not spicy at all. <laughs> <laughs> it's
2: very creamy, in fact. Um yeah. is a Jaffa cake, a cake or a biscuit? Cake. cake. Do you know what the difference if...
3: is between cake and biscuit? No, I don't. This is how you can tell. A cake hardens as it goes stale and a biscuit softens. Oh but of I'm the
2: sure I'm mm. sure a Jaffa cake hardens.
3: Exactly. So it's a cake. No. Yeah. <gasps> it's a biscuit. Yeah. And oh. it's called cake. That's the big clue. Sure. Okay, so a
2: cake hardens, biscuit softens. Gotcha. Mm.
3: If
2: you were one of the fifty two playing cards, which one would you be? Joker! The Joker. <laughs> um left or right? Left. Oh.
3: Right, right or wrong. Right. What is your favorite film? Catch me if you can. Not Notting Hill. Ah, as if I missed <laughs> <that. laughs> <I'm> Notting <laughs> Hill. Every lights camera improvise show when they ask for a suggestion of a film, it all oh, I'd always scream Notting Hill. Um, I know. Yeah, so, oh, I can't believe I You'd didn't say
2: Love that. a rom com, don't you?
3: Love it, absolutely love it. Yeah. What's not? not um, what's your
2: favorite video game? Do you even play
3: video games? I don't. Ah, uh, FIFA. I did like *Spyro yeah. the Dragon* growing up, but I don't. I haven't played. I'm not a big gamer.
2: Mm. And finally, who would be the best mischief person to be trapped on a desert island with?
3: Quick fire. Henry Quick Lewis. Fire. <laughs>
2: Henry Lewis. Very good.
3: Because yeah. he can yes. just tell me stories all the time.
2: Oh yeah. You see, a yeah. lot of us go with Bodie because you're more likely to actually survive. but um,
3: <laughs> I'm less about survival, more about entertainment.
2: Yeah, if you're only going to be around for a while, you know, some good stories to see you off. Henry Lewis would mm. be brilliant. It'd be very fun. Okay, and excellently, um, before we wrap up, mm. do you have any top recommendations for people stuck indoors? Maybe something they should watch on TV or something they should read?
3: I, uh, This is non I've been reading Malcolm Gladwell's book, Talking to Strangers. Um, which is, uh, I find all of his stuff very, very interesting. He's got a brilliant podcast uh, called Revisionist History. There's three Mm. series of that that's well worth a listen. It's really just like very interesting takes on various things that have happened in the past or currently. Um, Mm. For, you know, fun and japes, you've got all the mischief stuff, haven't you? What more do you need? Um, And there's also the floor game, How's that cricket, uh which is fun for all the family, so all those cricket lovers out there can play how's that
2: Oh, how's that? How does it
3: work um, uh I've got a very simplified version of the game, which has a a dice on it that the batsman throw, which tells you how many runs are scored, but occasionally on that dice it will say, "How's that?" which is an appeal for out, and then the person bowling has to roll a dice that says how they've got out or whether the umpire' has given them not out uh, mm. so you that i mean that you can at least try to sound interested. That was uh, mm. a. <laughs> oh yeah, if yeah. I'm honest,
2: my mind had wandered. It wandered, didn't it? Bit. Wandered
3: immediately, as <laughs> soon as I as soon as you asked me for the rules, you regretted it.
2: I really did. I really, really uh. did. <laughs> Something else I wanted to ask you about, though, because I'm mm. clearly moving on from cricket now, um, mm. is you were recently making a show, weren't you, with another mischief staple, Thomas Platt, um, oh, yes. that you were going to take to Edinburgh, and then obviously mm-hmm. the pandemic affected that so tell us about the show and also tell us how um how you've been affected
3: yes uh yeah so the show is a two-man show with a small three-piece band called cheap and cheerful um Mm. which is basically just that two men he's much taller than me uh sort of harking back to the vaudeville era so it's a lot of uh sketches and and puns stupid puns uh, and silly (laughs) comedy uh, with intermingled with various songs from the golden age of showbiz so sinatra numbers and um big old musical theater style songs or is it john millen i'm just sorry i just had a burp that's john Mullane who says when you get to near 30 you suddenly can't burp and you have to speak through burp um that's very true uh yeah and we we had planned to take it to edinburgh this year and obviously Mm. edinburgh has been cancelled so uh, we've been busy rewriting it and you know who who knows hopefully there will be a life for it when the theatre starts getting back to normal Um, but if you like you know if you like big band swing and jazz and you like Morkman Wise Forsyth-esque comedy oh it's got another It doesn't What's um, happening
2: to you? Do I you don't, don't know. What's done, do I, you? Absolutely
3: falling apart. It's that like a cup Is of this tea? This the and... pickled onions. Oh, the pickled onions.
2: Tell us about that.
3: I dropped. Did I... Do you know this?
2: Yeah, you text me, babe. Oh yeah.
3: <laughs> I uh, I've been. Ma- I I'm a massive fan of pickled onions. All things pickled, vinegary, chutneys, love it. And I made myself my own batch of pickled onions about six weeks ago. I've been pickling for six weeks, and then yesterday I was. Basically, trying to take too many condiments out of the fridge and dropped my. Excuse jar of me? Onions, condiments. Gotcha. Condiments you. out of the fridge, <laughs> and I dropped my jar of pickled onions. They smashed all over the kitchen floor. Oh and, my uh, gosh! Irredeemable. I haven't dropped a condiment for years, and then the, t- <laughs> the one time I do, it's a jar. It's my jar of my own crop of pickled onions that I slaved over. I was genuinely, that was the one thing in lockdown that nearly tipped me over the edge. And, you know, my best friend lost all of his belongings when our removal van got stolen. And I found the pickled onions more damaging to my personal mental health.
2: Well, I think sometimes it does require a small thing like that to tip you over. Do you know what I mean? Like you you take Mm. on the big thing and you know you can't implode because it's just too big. Like you, you can't implode, you've got to deal with it. So when a smaller thing comes along that really isn't the end of the world you can cu- it, it it opens the gate a little it's bit difficult. for all it's of difficult. that
3: yeah. but it also shows what sheltered life I've had if the most traumatic thing that's happened to me in 29 years is I dropped a jar of pickled onions
2: um, <laughs> I think it's more uh, sim- symbolic than that
3: but you know what the I lesson is what always make a second jar and I did so <gasps> happily ever after
2: oh so you've still got some to eat
3: I've got one more jar. Don't you worry. Oh, I've cracked goodness. it open already.
2: Well, hence the birthing. constant burping. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I just can't believe that it's a bit like it's a point of pride for you that you haven't dropped a condiment in years. Not anything.
3: Well, <laughs> well it's more just the misfortune of when I do drop it. It's yeah. my own jar of pickled onions. Have you dropped? Gosh. Can you remember dropping a condiment that's, that's glass?
2: Yes. Yeah. But, you know, when I always bloody do it, it's in the shop.
3: Oh, well, so that's right, someone else has to clean it up, then.
2: No, but that's dreadful. I feel dreadful for the person who has to clear it up also. I and know, then, like, and do I pay for it? Or do I leave these olives?
3: No, you stuff. absolutely leave them. They oh,
2: were, my gosh. They were
3: covered in olive oil, Charlie. It's the one thing <laughs> they like... should have expected.
2: <laughs> well, there you go. You're, you're more devious than I took you for. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and if that's the message that we finish this podcast on, all the better how old people Indeed. remember Matt Cavendish devious Oli- <laughs> he doesn't pay for his olives he smashes
2: classic yeah. dish that is. Um, well that, that this has absolutely been wonderful um, thank you so much for coming on the podcast
3: Matt I've really enjoyed it my pleasure it. am I nearly released from my parents cupboard
2: almost almost I'm just going to say okay. goodbye to the listeners
3: is there one more jingle
2: we can have a jingle to see us out if you want
3: bye Anybody bye But oh no okay <laughs>
2: All right, I'm going to do my little spiel about mischief and then you could do the jingle. You ready? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so thank you all very much for listening. I've been Charlie Russell talking to Matthew Cavendish. Do keep an eye out for our next episode and you can follow all the latest in the mischief world on Twitter, at mischief comedy. Thanks again for listening and keep making mischief.
3: Bye-bye, it's the end. Bye-bye, it's the end. Bye-bye, final... Bye-bye. Last. Bye-bye. It's the end. It's the end of the podcast. Yeah. Podcast. (laughs)
2: That was incredible.